This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Thanks for being with us on this Saturday morning. We've talked a lot about the empty homes tax here on the program. We've done open lines on it and the phone boards light up when we bring this topic to the forefront. And a lot of people calling in, and we've covered these stories of people saying, look, there are some issues with this tax. It is targeting too many people. It's targeting people whose homes albeit not their principal residences in some case, but their homes are not empty. They're used by the owners. They're used by family members. They are not empty by that definition. We've even had Jane McDougall on, who has an empty lot, which has never had a home on it. She has had to hire a lawyer because she's being told that should be housing as well. Well, my next guest ran for city council. He is a community advocate and Pete Fry joins us on the line because Pete Fry has been looking into this as well. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, morning, Joe. Good morning. Uh, What have you found out or what have you been specifically looking at when it comes to the tax and how it's applied? Well, so, you know, as, as your listeners would probably know, they've extended the deadline on the empty homes tax because they simply didn't get enough responses. And uh, just yesterday, in fact, the Sun had published a heat map uh, showing about 4,000 uh, non-respondents, and they're all sort of concentrated in uh, in the downtown area, mostly West End, Yaletown, and Cole Harbor, which got me looking a little uh, deeper. And, of course, what I discovered was that uh, that there's a huge loophole as far as uh, strata property. So if you have a strata covenant restriction or uh, straight-out rental prohibition on the strata, uh, they're exempt from this empty homes tax. And that's uh, not an insignificant number of, of units in the city of Vancouver. And it sort of really asks the question, then, what, what, how effective will this empty homes tax be? Right, so, because there uh, are a lot of buildings and a lot of stratas that if they don't ban rentals outright, there are buildings where there can only be perhaps two, three or four rentals, and those are always maxed out. Right. So, so then, so how how is that going to work uh, altogether? I mean, so they they do have in the in the empty homes tax bylaw, they do have uh, they do mention that stratas that are uh, uh, stratas will be grandfathered if they were if they had these prohibitions and restrictions prior to the the bylaw being enacted in July of 2017. There's no language at all about how how a bylaw will be applied to. You know what? It, what essentially is 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 a provincial law, the Strata Property Act, which protects and enshrines the ability to restrict rentals. Uh, so, who's going to pay that tax in the future? Is it going to be the the empty homeowner, or is it going to be the Strata Corporation that will have to pay it? There's no language in there to describe that. But in the meantime, you know, the, the city's saying we have twenty five thousand empty homes, uh, and according to their own uh, studies, when they were initiating the empty homes tax, they were saying about 22% of the empty homeowners were saying that strata rental restrictions were the reason they weren't renting out their non-owner-occupied homes. So taking the city's own numbers, that's about 56,000 strata-prohibited empty homes tax-exempted properties at least. Now, we know that, you know, uh, condos are, uh, have, you know, in the most recent census, we saw that condos, uh, over 20% of new condos, uh, are are non non local owned and uh, therefore empty. So <clears throat> I think this is a, a, a massive loophole that's not going to address that very real distinction of the the opportunity to if you're in the right strata you can keep your 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 unit empty and not pay this tax. And so then who exactly is this tax going to be targeting? And is it just an empty tax literally uh, to deal with quote unquote empty homes when really it's more lip service than anything? 
Well, and also, who is going to be, and I know there are going to be people with the city who are tasked with auditing these, but who is going to be going to each individual strata? If somebody checks that box and says, my strata doesn't allow rentals, I can't imagine there are city workers that are then going to go forward and track down every single strata council and ask them whether or not that's the case. Excellent point. You know, and that's, uh, it's, it's sort of an honor system, and I don't think uh, it's Probably ineffective. I mean, of course, when you look at this empty homes tax in and of itself, it is kind of an honor system. I'm not sure how they plan to. I know they spent a lot of money on advertising, and last time I was at City Hall, they had uh, young, you know, young people wearing T-shirts and manning a special pop-up booth uh, to talk about the empty homes tax and stuff. So they've, they've done a lot of publicity and public relations work on the empty homes tax. But as far as implementation, I have no idea how they're actually planning to catch, even if you have an empty detached home, which is obviously the, the main target of this empty homes tax, I would say, is, is the, the the sort of detached single-family home, you know, typically on the west side. I think that's really what it looks like will be will be caught up in this net, maybe not so much the condo owners. But I think that's that's a big part of, you know, when <clears throat> a lot of the original whistleblowing that was done over these empty properties was, of course, Andy Yan uh, doing a, a hydro audit of condos in Coal Harbor and found that so many of them weren't even running enough juice to operate a refrigerator. So, and, and, and of course, as you walk through Coal Harbor and you see the, the, the towers with no lights on, people started to ask those sort of questions. So that was really the impetus, I think, for the empty home stacks in the first place. So it's quite ironic that those very units are likely exempt from this declaration in any way, and, and purposefully exempt. This isn't even a matter of, of fudging your numbers or, or saying that you live there even if you don't. These are straight-up exemptions. So... Well, and, and it makes sense, too, if everything is above board and you do live in a place where rentals are prohibited and it's not your principal, well, I mean, it would ask the question, then why wouldn't it be your principal residence? Why on earth, if you, if you were buying it not to live in it, why would you buy a place that couldn't be rented? It, other than the only reason is it's an investment and you plan on leaving it empty. Well, and, you know, I mean, in theory, if you're, if you're, if you're speculating that kind of way and you want to maintain an empty property, then you're going to start targeting the stratas that have these covenants built in. So again, it's one of these sort of laws of unintended consequences. What happens then when we have, you know, a, a, a sector of, of strata condominiums that are renter uh, restricted or prohibited, uh, and that is the, the primary vehicle to, to make sure you can have an exempted empty condo, we could theoretically see a rush on those properties uh, and, and an increase in value and, uh, and of course, with the recent provincial changes to the Strata Act, uh, which allows um, uh, you know a, a, a less—I uh, don't have the numbers in front of me—but of course, with with a, a smaller, um, you can sell a Strata condominium building uh, for redevelopment with less numbers than uh, than than previously allowed. So a lot of people are finding that their, their, their strata condos are being sold out from under them because the majority want to sell out and, and redevelop the land. And so, again, we see this, you know, a variety of unintended consequences. If we see a rush on those same strata condominiums, how are we going to protect the actual people who are living there if it becomes a speculative vehicle? And people who are rushing in there have no real investment in, in the, the living of there. They're investing in a, in a safety deposit box, essentially, and they don't really live in the spot. Uh, what about the people who do live there who may ultimately get squeezed out as a result? Uh, so do you think, is the tax a good thing, do you think, and perhaps it just has some glitches, or what are your thoughts on the tax itself? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, the I think the principles behind the tax uh, make sense, and I think it's an appropriate response to to the concerns that the Vancouverites have, and the and the reality that there are. I mean, this the, you know twenty five thousand five hundred empty homes in Vancouver is not an insignificant number. I mean, we only have uh, I think it's a less than three hundred thousand um, total dwellings in the in the city in the first place. So that's not an insignificant. Uh, percentage of 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 our housing stock, and I think it is something that needs to be addressed. I'm just not sure that this tool is effectively addressing it. All right, uh, Pete, we'll have to leave it there. We're out of time, but thanks for your thoughts on this and joining us today. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.